0: So now I'd like to invite the panel up. Um, If George could come up, Carly, Seth, and Matt, make your way to the stage. So for this first half of the event, there was actually an event in Philly called the Philly Inside Hustle, where they kind of had the same format. They had full-time musicians kind of presenting a program of how they make music work as a full-time career. So we thought we'd have some of the local musicians around here kind of do that same for you. And then after that, we'll dismiss everybody to meet people in the different industries where you can advance your music career, or you could learn more about the local music community. So we'll send you down here and that at 2 p.m. But without further ado, let's give it up for George, Carly, Seth, and Matt. Hello.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is George Wacker with Lehigh Valley with Love. I want to first thank Ryan and Doug again. For making this, this incredible cool? crowd to be in here, at the ice House on a Sunday. Um, and the aim of this um, panel is to make sure that we talk about getting involved in local community, sharing music industry experiences, turning music into a full-time career, enjoying the journey. Uh, but to get started, we got to meet all you wonderful people. So, Carly, can you kick it off? Can you kind of? Introduce us to yourself and give us your story of when, when did you first get involved with music in in general?
2: Okay, well hello everybody, my name is Carly Commando. Um, I'm a musician, I play in the band Slingshot Dakota, and um, I also write music for film and TV, um, and I also just write instrumental music for myself. Um, I've been a musician my entire life, I played piano as soon as I could reach the keys and just really fell in love with performing. My parents tried to classically train me and I hated it, so um, I was more interested in writing my own compositions and just playing what I wanted to, uh, so it's no surprise that I fell in love with like punk and DIY because it was all about doing what you wanted to do. And so, yeah, um, I've always been playing music, Slingshot Dakota formed in when I was in college when Tom wasn't even the drummer. It was with my two friends, and we just loved playing music together. And one day, I remember they said, um, when we graduate college, we want to do this as a career band. And I was like, we can't do that. Like, who does that? My parents won't let me do that. Um, and, I like, it was never the intent. We were just a band for fun. So I was really confused as to, like, the trajectories where we were going. Um, but I really loved playing music and I loved hanging out with my friends so I found a part-time job that allowed me to tour and kept doing that and then in 2006 um, my ex-boyfriend had one of like the first viral YouTube videos Noah takes a picture of himself every day for 12 years or six years whatever it was does anyone remember that video that was my ex-boyfriend and so he he had been doing the same uh, audio visual project as him, but for not as long of a time. And uh, I guess he wanted to strike while the iron was hot and he wanted to get his video on YouTube right away. And so I was literally about to go to my waitressing shift and he said, Carly, I need a song like right now because I'm gonna post this tomorrow. I said, okay. And I just wrote a song really quick while watching his video. Um, it was like a little bit too fast for the video. So I literally just like, I took the tempo down with the recorded version and then I just recorded the audio out. And then that vi- that video went viral. Um, and then my licensing career started all because of this completely lucky instance in which my ex-boyfriend had a viral YouTube video. So yeah, it opened up this whole other world to me that I, I always dreamed of having, but I never thought it was possible for me. Um, and the intention of writing that song was just very in the moment, just trying to help out my friend, like, get his video watched, because it was, if you remember, it's six minutes of someone's face, and I was like, how do I make this exciting for still, people? Uh, is he still doing that today? He's, He's still, still, still doing, doing it, really? yeah. Yeah. I kidding. And I will say, he, when he he released, like, another version of it, um, without me, because we had broken up, <laughs> and, uh... The, the views were much less because the music was not as good, and so he hired me again to do it for his third one. In the you can see the day you broke up. He's like really sad. No, he looks the same in every picture. <laughs> but so yeah, so that experience was like a complete thing that I wasn't expecting in my life, but it was something that um, you know I I've always wanted to play music. I love music so much and. It's like the ultimate dream to be able to pay your bills with music and it's not one I ever thought I would achieve, hence always having some kind of part-time job. And I've just been really lucky that my band Slingshot Dakota has been busy enough and fortunate enough To um, you know, it's what we love doing. But it's been nice to pay the bills with when we're more active than we are, and just to play music and be able to score film and be a part of other people's projects and be able to communicate my expression through music has been really cool. And so, yeah, that's that's
1: me. Thank you. Um, I I should know that we are going to open this up for Q and A at the end. We have a good amount of time, so. All those things that you're thinking about, keep them to yourself at the end but No, because that's so interesting, I want to talk more about licensing. Uh, but let's get to Seth Witcher. I'm sure you guys are all aware of Seth, working hard all the time in Lehigh Valley. Can you tell us your music story? When did you start and when did you um, start working as hard as it, as hard as it you are now?
3: Okay, first off, hi. Hi, hi. hi. I'm Seth. I feel like I'm in like an AA meeting. <laughs> Hello, I'm Seth. Um, so, I, uh, I first started singing when I was really young, but um, I didn't take it seriously until I graduated high school. Um, you know, I, uh, at first, you know, I first went to the uh, University for robotic engineering. Um, so, my musical journey has kind of like had a slow start and now it's all I do. Um, but I went to Leah University for robotic engineering. I was there for like two years, worked as an engineer. I hated it. Um, so I just decided to pursue my dreams and just do what makes me happy, um, and that's music. So, uh, you know, I started just knocking on doors. Um, I grew up, um, you know, just knowing that if I want anything, I can work for it. And if I work hard enough, then I can make it happen. That's just kind of been the story of my family's life. That's just, you know, the story of my life. So I uh, started going to, you know, any bar I could find. Uh, and then I'd go between, you know, the, the, the time when they're not busy, like 2 to 4 p.m. And I would just bring my guitar and sing a song for the manager. And then, you know, um, ask if I could have a show there. And that's how I got started. Uh, thankful I don't have to do that anymore. But it's cool that I know how to do it. and. That's kind of how I got started. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm honored to be here because it feels like maybe like four years ago I'd be in the audience, just like not knowing how to get started with anything. Um, you know that that I that I enjoy get started with this music journey. Um, and you know now I'm here. All I do is music full time. I don't have a job. I get to sing and make people happy, and you know that pays my bills and uh, I also do produce my own music, Um, and you know, I'm just thankful to be here. So, that's me.
1: (laughs) And of course, I think many people in this room know uh, Matt Mulchaney, the owner of Shorey's recording studio. if you haven't been in there, you can check out, we just did a tour, it was a lot of fun. I walked in, we went through uh, the studio. So people may not be aware of it, so can you tell us your musical journey?
4: Yeah, I'm actually, kind of like Carly, I, uh, I started really, really young, like two and three years old, my dad cut drums so I could actually be low enough to play. And then, uh, <laughs> There was a piano around, so I started playing piano, and my dad being like a a gigging musician at night at the time, instruments would come and go, so I kind of never really got good at one. I just kind of played a whole bunch of of each one, which kind of followed me the rest of my life. Um, uh, In my teens, I got uh, some recording equipment, and I started to teach myself how to record. Uh, 20s, I toured a whole bunch in uh, DIY bands and stuff like that. and now we spent the last like nine years being full-time recording over in Southside, Bethlehem. And that's me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that we all decided to end that, yeah. and that's me. Well, now let's get into uh, more of the conversation <laughs> about what the, some of the things that you were talking about specifically, so maybe with Seth, with your, you we were talking about how you would perform for, for, uh, man, or for restaurant managers right in there. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that journey from, wow, I don't even know if I can get a gig in here, mm-hmm. to now you, I'm sure you have some places coming to you for gigs. In fact, I know that because I've been on some organizations that have booked you. So <laughs> for some of the people in the audience who are like, wow, I am, I am where you are at. I got to go sing for this, uh, you know, Mitch D.
3: Yeah.
1: How, how is that? How frustrating was it? And how did you overcome that to get where you are now?
3: so um, before i took music seriously i um like i mentioned before i sang when i was younger and to be honest i was made fun of and because i was made fun of by family and i wasn't mature enough myself to just you know stick with it i stopped and i wouldn't sing for anybody for like 10 years and throughout that time you know my family they they've, they've always told me like oh seth you've got the best voice in the family or whatever sing for us man and i would never do it um I was constantly beating myself up. I was constantly my own worst enemy. I was not a friend to myself. So when it came time where I was like, yo, I don't, like, when I said I don't care what people think and I'm just gonna sing, uh, that's truly how I felt. So for me, it, I didn't feel like a fear to go sing for a manager. I mean, like, yeah. I feel excited, you know, like right now I feel excited, like I'm shaking, you know, like I, you know, you feel excited because it's like something new and people are looking at you and they're judging you, whatever, but, um, you know, the no's didn't bother me and they still don't because nobody can hurt me more than I've hurt myself, you know, I'm stuck in my head, uh, living that way, not being able to do what makes you happy, So. You know, I just made a decision, that's really all you got to do, just make a decision, start taking steps, you know, walk into that bar, walk into the restaurant, you know, take your guitar, take your little, I don't even know, harmonica or whatever, and like, just do it. And then, you know, you'll get no's, um, but I think it was Benjamin Franklin, he said, you know, every no that you get is one no less to a yes. So you've got a yes coming. I'm gonna tell this real quick story. So, when I first started playing, um, I was not very good, but I didn't know I wasn't good. I sucked, and I didn't know it. So, like, um, my first show I was booed, you know, during the three-hour show, and, and, you know, but I was just happy that I I actually sang for three hours. Wow, you know? so I reached out to this one bar, uh, and I sent them like some videos of me performing because they didn't want me to sing in their nice establishment, you know, during hours or whatever. So um, didn't hear back from them. I called like a week later, just you know, following up with the manager. And the guy was like, yeah, honestly, Seth, I just don't like your voice. Like, you're just not good enough, so I don't want you to sing here. And I was like, okay. And at this point, I was in Lehigh, so I remember specifically, I was right right outside of my chemistry course, chemistry lab, I was just, like, looking up at the sky. It was like a movie moment. I was, like, looking up at the sky on the phone, hang up, slowly drop it. Just, like, you know, like, my my hopes and dreams. Somebody just told me I suck. The thing that that kept me from singing for 10 years happened again. Um, You know, but this time I've got this adult brain, and I'm, like, really thinking about what they said. But then I hear, like, a voice in my head. I'm like, yo, what if I just, like... Take a step from here. What happens if I go one more day? And what if I just, what if I talk to one more person about my music? What if I get up? What happens then? And um, I'll tell you what happened. A year later, uh, the same manager hired me. I don't think he remembered it was me. He hired me to play at a show. I was playing and people weren't leaving. They were like, the music is so good. Oh my God. And he was like, hey, Seth, look. Man, people love it. Can you, can you play another hour? I'll pay you extra. I'm like, no, no. Like, I played here, I proved to myself that, you know, hey, I did it, you know. In my head, little, little, you know, like, F you, come
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Um But it was cool. It was cool. I took a step. I didn't give up. I kept going. And I proved even myself wrong. So... I don't know if that answers your question. It
1: does, and it brings yeah. up another one that I had here, concern, concerning dealing with criticism. So Carly, as somebody who's toured the nation, mm-hmm. you know, dealt with a lot of people, I'm sure you've read some reviews, oh, some great, yeah. some maybe not so great, maybe one. Um, yeah. How do you deal with that, honestly, as an artist? Like,
2: Well, your story made me think about, um, there was, okay, so I, talking about YouTube, there would be times where we would play a show and I would watch like the the video of our playing a show and I'd be like, ew, my voice sounds really bad, it must be that PA. And then I would watch another video and I'd go, ew, oh, my voice sounds really bad, it must be that PA. And then I got to the point where I'm like, I can't keep blaming this on the PA system. Like, my singing kind of sucks. Like, in this live setting, I'm, like, trying to hit these notes that I can't hear because I'm not playing with earplugs. And me and Tom back then were practicing in, like, whatever spaces we could, probably not with the PA system because we just didn't have one accessible. And so I was actually my harshest critic, being like, it's weird that people like this because I sound awful. And, like, it was my thing of being like, I need to get better. I want to make sure that when I watch my playback videos, I I can be like, oh, I sound real good. So I took that information for myself to be like, how can I be a better vocalist? How can I improve my singing? Because I am not comfortable with this, even though the crowd seems to enjoy it. You know, like that's wonderful, but I, I don't like it. So I wanted to start with that because I want to be happy with my art. Like I'm the, the, I do this for me. And the fact that it resonates with other people is like the huge bonus that we get to connect to each other through art music. That's like the biggest gift Um, of music itself but I mean I play music for me it's my expression it's my therapy and if I'm hearing the playback and kind of like cringing at it then that's a bad sign so it helped me work but in terms of feedback I don't know I think I just it's definitely one of those things where you grow a thick skin and I think as an adult if I read feedback sometimes I try to like before I have an emotional reaction I say is it true like like let me think about this and then there's other times where I'm like, this is just someone who like does not like music like mine, who's having an opinion about it. So like, why would they like it? So it really depends, um, like on my confidence. I feel like at this point too, as an adult, like when I release music, you know, as you as, as you progress as an artist, you're getting better and better at your craft. So I always feel like when I release a record, whether it's a solo record or a band record, we're like, this is the best one yet, because. It's weird if you put out a new record and you're like, this isn't the best one yet. Like it's not, it's, not, it's not good. So I feel like because you progress and you advance as an artist, you get more confident in in how to express yourself and how to do it well. Um, and you have people like Matt too, that like good recording engineers know how to like get your sound across so that people can hear you on recording as you sound live. Um, and so I feel like that's definitely been a growth thing and something that's definitely not easy. There's some i comments that are just like, absolutely silly like when I was part of a a YouTube like a viral YouTube video there's like weird comments about music that I'm just like what someone wrote me a comment being like um someone was one person wrote me saying that they were literally hired to rip me off for like a commercial which I was like now I look back on it and I'm like I could have sued them why did I hold on to that I was just like oh cool but then I had people that were just like would be really rude and be like this is a rip off of this and I'm like I I don't know what to tell you like there's only a certain amount of chords and melodies in the world and like whatever song you're saying like I get that but like I wrote this literally before going to work, so I don't know. I I can't respond. So I feel like I take everything with a grain of salt, I guess, is my response to that. And I feel like in addition to, like, the no's of life, I feel like bad comments and no's, they're an event, they're not my identity, right? And they're not your identity. Those things are either going to help you grow and you're going to be resilient. You're going to bounce back and take those learning lessons with you. And if they're just complete comments that are just rude and trolly, then I just, you know, get out of here.
1: It's uh, easier said than done sometimes. I know, sometimes, but, I know. Um, but to that point, uh, Matt, as somebody who's recording these bands, mm-hmm. you know, when a band comes in and maybe they're not sounding as perfect as they should be. How do you deal with the other side of that, giving criticism in a way that's constructive and not stopping them from singing
4: for 10 years? (laughs) We just have to be really, uh, you know, treat everybody like a person and not treat them like a product. Um, I just like to approach it like very holistically and uh, address everything like head on and really clearly, but like, you know, understand where they're coming from. And I think asking a ton of questions of an artist really can inform how you communicate together too. Um, it's easy to just hear something that's wrong and like, react. Just like how Carly got some, you know, comment and you wanted to react at the comment. Mm-hmm. You might hear something that sounds off and like, jump at it. But that's, that's like you said, that might shut someone down. You know what I mean? And I don't want to shut anybody down. I actually want to get them to just keep moving. Keep going. You know what I mean? Keep outputting and then we'll just figure out what we'd like. You just keep doing something until something sticks, you know? I think it's a good approach to it. Um, Carly, you mentioned
1: DIY and I think DIY is maybe the theme of this event to to mm-hmm. a degree. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, what maybe DIY means to you when you're touring the country? Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a discrepancy there, like how is this still DIY even though it is? But can you talk a little bit about what goes
2: into the planning of that and what your thoughts are on DIY itself? Sure, so I grew up in DIY, I grew up in Long Island and um, when I was a teenager like our local DIY community was really strong Um, and it was just your stereotypical punk hardcore scene and um, while I wasn't in love with all the music I was really in love with the idea of you create your present situation, you you create the future you want to see. Um, you can't rely on anyone else to do that for you. And when you're a teenager, you're like always rallying against the mainstream. So why wouldn't you fall in love with something that's empowering you to like be the change, you know? Um, at that point, there wasn't really any women playing those shows either. And I remember being like, I'm so much better than like half these boys. And um, like, I was inspired by them, but I also wasn't seeing myself in them at all. And so um, I don't know, I just really loved that ideal of just do what you want to do. Like you don't have to wait for the manager to hire you. You can, you know, even like listening to Doug talk about um, the stage. I'm like, you don't even need a stage. If you really want to connect to people, you're going to be eye level with them. Um, To this day, my favorite shows, even though I have to bring in like all of my gear, because it probably means I'm playing like a very, you know chill vfw hall my favorite shows are when i'm literally on the same floor length, you know floor height as people because that to me is what i grew up with like that connection is what i grew up with that like just being so close to everyone connecting through art like that's how i grew up in music and i love that and so yeah that mission ties into you start your own band you ask the people that you meet in your community can my band play? You actually make genuine connections like with the people to the shows you're going to. Um, You don't just go to shows just to like schmooze. You go to shows because you're genuinely part of that community. Um, And you meet people and like through those friendships and connections, you just, you know, you start thriving, you start performing more. And then once that happens, once you kind of tap into your local scene, you know, maybe you have friends that live like a half an hour away, an hour away. Then you start playing farther and farther, and the more that you start expanding that circle, the more you can start doing something like, you know, a United States tour. But again, like it's it's really hard. It's all about those connections that you need, um, and about helping each other out and like even with Slingshot Dakota when we started I was uh, I'm from New York so um my bandmates, all of us were from Long Island and our drummer at that point was in another band and he was going on tour so I said we did all this work and now we can't even play we don't have a drummer Tom who's um this beautiful Tommy rocks today who's um yeah doesn't he look great Very he's nice. scouting he's talent today um, <laughs> but he Tom is from here he's from Pennsylvania and I remember someone being like, "Oh, Tom P plays drums. He loves Slingshot Dakota. He'll want to play with you." And you might think like, "How is this some guy from Pennsylvania?" And this is like, what year was it? Like 2000 and like four or five. Like the internet was around, but like not like it is today. We knew of each other's bands because we played in the same scenes. Like our like his band would come play in New York, my band would come play Pennsylvania because it was close enough of a distance that it wasn't too far but those communities in like punk and hardcore especially like in certain regions are so close that everybody kind of knows everyone just from friendship and so it's just wild even at this point that slingshot dakota has like literally relocated to pennsylvania because tom was a drummer from here i'm just a girl from long island and then i moved here And yeah, so it's like that's all because of the power of DIY and that like music community and just like really genuinely making connections with people that have the same interests as you.
1: And and Seth, you're a a, solo artist. I mean, but you do, you know, you have a a drummer. I've seen you play with other musicians. So it might be slightly different. But how is networking with other musicians vital to what you're doing?
3: It's everything. (laughs) People are everything. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, the whole industry is run on who you know. Um, it's not even really about talent, you know? Like, talent gets you in the door, but it's the connections that you have that will get you farther. Um, so, honestly, I kind of just learned this recently. I learned this recently, and I want y'all to remember this. This is something that will change your life, okay? Um, It's so easy to look at people that you're talking to, if they have something that you want or something that you need, looking at them like they're a piece of meat, right? Like you're just focusing on um, what they can do for you. And it's not really about an actual connection, it's just about a transactional thing. Um, And I think when you have that um just that that mindset when you're like okay this person can do this for me this person you know whatever they can tell and um i think you limit your um you limit your chance uh to impact more people if it's music for instance i recently you know within like the past like two years or so i learned um i've been learning to really just value each moment, each conversation, each relationship as a relationship, you know? Like, that person might not do anything for you, you know, but that's okay. Like, you had a moment to, to literally just tap into somebody's mindset and just listen for a second, you know, that's what matters. So, um, on top of being a you know, singer and a performer and stuff, I book shows at a venue called The Fire in Philadelphia. Um, That's a venue that John Legend used to play a lot. My Chemical Romance, Jason Mraz. um, You know, a lot of them, they would just play there. It's a nice little legendary club. And uh, I got that gig um, because I sat down and had lunch with the owner. And a friend of mine was like, yo, Seth, okay, you played a show at the fire. She likes you. She wants you to do another show. But um, instead of doing that, before you do that, uh, let's go get some lunch. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm like, why would I want to go drive an hour and a half to go just grab lunch, you know, like... This could be a Zoom call, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, like, like, why? Why? You know? Like, in that time, I could be making some music or I could, I could, I could be singing, I could be making some money, whatever. Um, but he was like, nah, man, like, you should definitely go have lunch. And uh, we didn't even talk about music the whole time. Like, what you'll learn uh, when you are having these conversations with people who are in the industry or people who are doing things, it's not even about the thing that you are interested in or whatever. A lot of times, you really are just building a genuine connection. And then after the lunch, she was like, oh, hey, Seth, by the way, I love the show that you did. I want you to do a show for us like once a month or so, you know? And like now, like she'll reach out to me whenever and say, hey, Seth. Uh, I've got like these dates, can you make them work? You know, whatever. And, um, and I'm honored to be able to do that because now I'm a part of the Philly music scene. Now I'm bringing it even like cooler energy and name to the fire. A oh, people come up to me and say like, yo, I haven't come to this place in 20 years, but I saw your shows and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I gotta come back to the fire again. And all that happened because I had a conversation and I wasn't really looking for anything. Um, just looking at it like a conversation. You're valuable, you know, you're beautiful, you're a person, you're not an object, and uh, you know, neither are the people that you are gonna be talking to or whatever. So, that's something that will save you years. If you can get over that and just not look at people like they're a piece of meat, then you'll be golden. Seriously, yeah. Take taking, taking the lunch. That's right, take them to lunch. They're not lunch, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> What's on a t-shirt? Uh, Matt, you've produced multiple bands. You've been
1: around what these guys are talking about. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've been in in bands as well. Uh, How important do you feel it is to, I don't want maybe become friends, but to network with the other uh, bands that are playing
4: in some of the other venues? You maybe maybe coming across some. Is it worthwhile to network with them as well? Oh, of course. I mean, this is all connected, you know. We're all, I mean, look at this tonight. This is all, sells Punk and DIY put this together, but there's people who aren't even necessarily directly connected to that here right now. And that speaks volumes right away. You know what I mean? Um, I can trace, like, I can build off of what both of them were saying with, I, I think I had like one pivotal moment when I was 14, I played my first show at a punk venue in town called Scarlet O'Harris. And uh, yeah, some of you remember that. Uh, it was a dingy, dingy venue right next to where the Boyd used to be. And uh, I played the show and then I realized, oh wow, there's a flyer for a show somewhere else. And then I saw another flyer for a show somewhere else in town. And then this led me to going to other shows. And at those shows, I met other musicians. I met other people doing the same thing, having bands come and play their town, like sending their bands to another town. And then I came across this resource called Book Your Own in Life. And I didn't put it down for years. And it really, honestly, like, it like expanded my worldview. I didn't know that there are so many communities of people like me who are just wanting to do this themselves and take the power and like make it happen instead of waiting for it to happen. Um, I poured through this magazine forever, and I think that the the attitude that I got from like I learned basically at that venue and booking shows and playing shows and meeting people. Um, you you kind of realize like how important all these connections are Um, i'd be nowhere if it wasn't for that i i moved to california based on like a weird connection that my band made when i was like 19 or 20 like this there's a website called mp3.com and it was actually like a social networking music website and i wish there was something like this again because so it'd be oh it'd be huge but you could search uh search by town search by genre and stuff like that and someone found my band and like my band was charting a little bit locally and then we actually cracked onto like a regional chart and stuff like that you know what i mean like and then we saw some of the bands who were also breaking onto that we like hit them up like hey you sound like us you're like us and we kind of like create this little community for each other we wound up moving to California because I stayed there for eight years. Like this label signed us and released a record for us. We did a tour. We played some warp Tour dates. Like this was all from one little like message to somebody. And your MySpace message. It was, not, it was pre-Myspace. I know I'm not dating you. myself. Yeah. Pre-Myspace. Yeah. Myspace was fancy and new to us. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, can you guys talk, Carl? I'll start with you. What are some Mistakes or what is like a mistake that you made
2: early on that maybe You would recommend people not do Hmm. Or learn from I did just want to add that Matt is like one of the most incredible musicians in the world I know that you're up here to like talk about your recording, but Matt is like really, really talented I was thinking that while you were talking I was like, ugh, you're such a genius all around Okay, um Man I mean, I can just say, even as an adult, the things that annoy me, and, like, I think just this is more tailored towards, okay, we'll start with the most basic. Be a good human being. That's, that will get you real far, being, like, a wonderful, genuine human being. I think both of these beautiful people have, uh, have talked about that as well, and, like, all the things they're, you know, they're discussing on stage, but just being a good person and, like... Cre- like that will create genuine connections with people. Um, I would also say, as a band, um, time. Like if you are playing a show, checking in with what time should I get there? Get there at the time um, when you're playing the show. How long is our set time? Thirty minutes. Play thirty minutes. Um, and when you're done playing, get all of your stuff off the stage right away. There's nothing worse than when you're playing a show and it's like, especially like talking about DIY. It's like what ne- the show needs to end by ten because we have neighbors or whatever. <laughs> the cops are gonna bust it up. There's a band on tour that's playing last. If you mess this up, the band that's actually on tour is not gonna get to play. There's folks that I'll see like we've played you know on tour many times where these like local bands will play who are incredible, but then they're just like all their friends are like, oh, you played so good, ah! and the drummer's just up there like taking, taking time, like taking a cymbal off like for 15 <laughs> minutes. So that's something that's like, let's hurry that up. So be, like being aware of your set time and your like prep time to set up on stage and to like break down on stage and like break down off stage, I think is a really important thing. Um, I'm trying to think about mistakes. I really just feel like you touched upon it a lot, Seth, about like just, you know, I think a lot of people, like they they try really hard and people see through that. And I think that um, with the internet, things are a lot weirder now because everyone's like, the internet has taught everyone that in order to matter, you just have to like post nonstop. And I feel like that's not working for a lot of people. Um, And I, I find it like, There's a lot of folks that have like huge social media followings that bring no people to a show. And then there's bands that can bring everyone to a show that have like no social media presence. There's also bands that I see that are like the biggest bands and they barely post, they'll post like the ugliest flyer and it'll get like 3,000 likes because people like the band. So it's, I guess what I'm saying is be genuine to you, but don't try so hard to do something that doesn't feel like it's not you. I would say be a great person, be really timely with a show that you're playing, meet people at the show that you're playing, don't play the show and then leave um, I know sometimes people have jobs but like if you are trying to genuinely connect with your community and meet people it doesn't happen when you play a show and then you literally pack up and leave and like don't stay for the whole show and like connect with all of the musicians and the people that are attending the show um, and then yeah, just, just be yourself I know it sounds like super corny and common but really be yourself that applies to the way that you're going to advertise for your art if that's like the road you're going go down. Um just be very genuine with your approach and intentional.
1: And Seth kind of the same questions or same question. Is there anything that maybe you would do differently?
3: Uh I mean I, I love everything that, that you said. Uh that was phenomenal. Um, being yourself is phenomenal. That's great. And I'm gonna kinda also say love yourself work on loving yourself it's a journey um, it's hard to be yourself and therefore love yourself when we do have social media and it's so easy to compare yourself to other people and where they are um, I mean for me this is this is my life and you know I've got these huge dreams I want to do all these things you know um, but in order to do that I have to be sustainable and I have to be able to just stick at it. And uh, if I'm not able to love myself, if I'm not able to be okay with the moment I'm in, you know, um, then you can easily burn out. And you can easily, like, start hating yourself because you're comparing yourself to, you know, other things, other people, whatever. And you know, you're like, man, I wish I was there. Whatever. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Like, it's, it's something that you work on every single day, but having grace for yourself in knowing that you're a human being and you know, you're just doing the best you can do. Okay, I, I've got all these little things. Okay, I hope it's okay. But like, uh, okay, so one time I was, um, I was speaking to this one dude and uh, he told me, you know, uh, one of two things happen to a perfectionist. Either they're never happy with what they do or they die young. That's it. That's what happens when you're a perfectionist. He said, instead, instead of striving for perfection and comparing yourself to things that you see, take every moment that you have in life and do the best you can in that one moment. Because our life is filled with little moments where we have the chance and the option to do the best that we can. And then leave it. Do the best, know you did the best, come back again, do it again. And people will perceive it as perfection, but it's just you doing the best you can. And if you're doing it that way, and you're loving yourself through that, like, hey, Seth, you know, yeah, you cracked on that one note during the song, but I mean, hey, you you put the practice in, you you hit that, you hit the other note that you didn't hit last time. Good job, you know. You do that, then uh, you'll be able to be working at this for a long time because. You've got options, or you've got chances, countless chances, to be seen, to be heard. Whatever it is you desire to do, um, you have countless chances because of social media and stuff. So really it's just a game of how long can you stick at it. And so, yeah, I'd say love yourself, work on that.
1: And Matt, I want to switch it up just a little bit. I want to make sure we get it. I have a lot of questions. We're not going to get into them all. what are some tips or things when it comes to live performances? Because you might be at the fun house, you might be at here, you might be at you might be outside somewhere. What are some things that you know, musicians musicians can do to make sure that
4: they're getting the most out of their live performance? Well, first off, I endorse Carly's message to <laughs> pack your stuff up fast. Okay. <laughs> Stop screwing around, okay? <laughs> punk mom will tell you what's up. Yeah,
2: man. punk mom will.
4: There's no more punk time, that's over. That was, that was 2000s, uh-huh. that's done. Uh, no, play the room. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, like play the room. Don't bring, I mean, bring half stacks, just don't turn them up. <laughs> bring whatever you want. Uh, don't be super loud in a small space, you know? Uh, just play, play, play the room, don't play too long. Play the set you're allotted, you know what I mean? Like keep it, keep it pro and keep it tight and like respect yourself and respect others enough to like give them their space as well. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Carly, you mentioned, it was interesting, you said some people post a million times a day, and that works, and for some people that does not. Um, Individually, I'll ask each of you, you social media-wise, what works for you? What have you found is a good method of social media?
2: Well, I also want to add to what you said, which is comparison is the thief of joy. That is, like, super important. And while I feel like it's good to, like use other people's journeys as a map for where you want to go try your best not to dwell on that because it does become like a nightmare if you are comparing yourself all the time there's always memes that are like tell 10 year old you what you would you know You're like oh my gosh I've played all these shows like 10 year old you would freak out so I always just try to remember things like that um but for social media I don't know it's also become like I have to say for me and Matt because we were around for like literally and like We were touring when you had to use a road map and you had to call someone for directions. There was no internet. You literally booked your tour by calling people. It was like, we're we're grandma and grandpa up here a little bit. And like, it's definitely become a much better world for everyone, which I'm really happy about. Um, But so like, it's weird, like having social media to promote yourself is really cool. But I also just find like, the algorithm doesn't even necessarily reward that anymore. So I just feel like, be again, be yourself on the internet. Do what you want to do. Um, I use my personal Instagram to pretty much post about my dog, but it's also, like, my licensing account. So, like, if I have clients that are looking at my Instagram account, they're literally seeing, like me and Tom on vacation and then like a Nike commercial. There's, it's like, there's, it's all together. For Slingshot Dakota, it's a mix of like promoting for our shows, but then also showing who we are when we're like in a silly mood. Because again, we're not trying to live online all the time. Like we have a life, we have a Corgi that we want to hang out with. Um, And then I recently started a wedding business called Processional Professional, where I do custom wedding entrances for people. Um, And I've noticed that when I post on Instagram, I do that as well just you know, for clients, but I feel like when I post that stuff on TikTok, it always just takes off way faster. So it's kind of like seeing, you know, putting your energy towards those things and seeing where it goes, seeing where it lands. It's kind of like reading the room, but like of the internet. Um, but also like, again, everything is with intention. So for me, I, I don't want to be online all the time. I have realized that my comparison game I can, that's something that I have a really hard time with for sure because, like, when you're really trying it, like, when music is your only job it's hard not to get down on yourself and compare yourself to other people being like, we do, I do the same thing. I'm better than that band. Or, you know, it's so easy. Like if you've had an evil thought in your brain that you think is like rude, I've had it. All of us have had it. It's so natural to be like jealous of your friends or jealous of these bands trajectories that you want. And so I feel like really just being honest and like sometimes for me, it means I can't be on the internet too much because I start like, getting down on myself. I start feeling insecure about my own journey when I'm like, my journey is awesome, it's mine. So do what feels comfortable to you. And if you start feeling like you're getting like insecure and like not being the best version of yourself because the internet has the ability to do that, then take a break and go cuddle an animal or do something that brings you back. Because I promise you, if you're doing what you love and you're doing it with all of your intention, then you're doing the right thing. So. That's my take on social media. It's weird. It's a hard thing. And, and it was different for
1: everybody, I think, yeah. too, because you know some people might be more inclined to do TikTok. It yeah. might not work for other artists. Where Seth, you do mm-hmm. a lot. I don't want to. You know, you're all over the place. But what kind of what is your methodology when it comes to that? What are you thinking when you're promoting a show with social media? How does it help you?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. So the main thing just to know is that uh, social media is secondary. So, always have it in your mind as something that's secondary. It's not primary. It doesn't matter. It's just an icing on the cake, okay? What matters is that you're a product. So, make sure your product is good. You know, you. You as a person, as a thing, whatever it is you are, you are good, you know, and you're secure in yourself. So, that way you can be yourself. You know, just be yourself, you know, on social media. But um, a lot of times, uh, you know, I feel like for me it's easy just to put social media first, like oh I gotta post every single day, oh I gotta do this, uh oh, oh. <laughs> you know, and you can easily burn yourself out by doing it that way. Where what it should be is, okay, yeah, I put in like an hour of practice, yeah, um, you know, I put work in on the back end, I have a show coming up. So I've already got my product together, I got my thing, we're good. I'm not relying on social media. Now I can just tell my friends about it. So let me post on social media and just be real. You know, that's my thought.
1: Um, I want to make sure that we have enough time for Q&A. So I do want to keep, I have like one or two more questions. But talking about social media, let's also talk about radio. We have two radio stations here today, WDIY WXPN. They're playing local music. Um, you know, Matt, can you talk a little bit about the radio's role in two thousand and
4: twenty-three from your perspective for local music? Well, like radio stations are still uh, they're throwing shows, and there's still there's still a reason to want to exist. They're validation, you know what I mean? Like knowing there's someone there who wants to play your music. Who might play your music? Who might put you on a bill? That's like a motivating factor that drives people. Um, that's a big reason why we do tape swap radio. Is so that one, it makes a sense of place because you get to see local bands on a stage at the studio on a rooftop doing their thing, and it makes other bands. Well, I want to do that too. I want to do. I, I can do that. They did that. I want to go on the roof. Um, I feel like their role, like, it's going to turn people on to new music, too, somewhat. I think there's kind of a culture that develops when the stations like DIY and XPN. Uh, MUH, too. You can't forget about MUH. They're throwing great shows right now, too. And they have a long-standing history of uh, kind of creating a little culture there, too, where they bring, like, interesting different bands to the Lehigh Valley. So kind of like a blend of all those things, really.
1: And for Seth and Carly, you know, how do you approach that? Is it something where you're... You know, maybe you're messaging, are you making relationships with people at radio stations? Is it kind of always an ongoing
2: thing? I feel like that's not an approach that I've really prioritized in life, but I feel like especially as a new band that's starting out, like just reaching out, connecting to anyone is always a really good idea. Um, I also wanna add like keep it brief with any reaching out of people you're doing. Um, a lot of people just don't have time and the internet exists so they can hopefully find your music and get your vibe and see if it's something that they're interested in. Um, but both of you reminds me of something really important too and that ties back into the advice, but also social media. If you're asked to play a show, promote the show. Um, I feel like Chris downstairs has been like the biggest like Cremudgeon of that but it's the truest thing like there's nothing worse than once like you're putting a show together and the bands that you ask to play like aren't posting about it and you're like we're trying to make this an awesome event for everyone so the more people that come to the show the more people see your band and like we'll love it so um i just wanted to tie that into that but yeah i guess for i mean for any kind of connecting whether it's a radio station or otherwise i think if you're genuinely reaching out to people um keep it short put a link in there so they can find your Spotify and. Um, Yeah, don't maybe reach out every day because people don't like that, Um, but yeah, just reach out and maybe you see them at an event like this, you know, or at a show, you see like, oh, there's um, some concert that my favorite band's playing and, you know, maybe WDIY's tabling it or something, you know, go talk to them.
1: I, I do want to open it up to questions since we have so many people here. It's awesome And if you don't have any I have a bunch more So is there anybody in the audience who has a question for anybody on the panel? If you could stand up and just yell really loud. I don't have mic. Cool. Uh, yeah, or, um
4: I'm sorry, I can-
2: Carly? Me? Oh, no. Seth. Shep? Yeah,
4: Seth. <laughs> Um, so So I've got like a solo artist thing going on too, the like, music and stuff like how do you balance like the creative aspect of creating your, and producing your own music versus like taking the time to network and make friends and also like be able to read the room with maybe just like one person on the stage with, and integrate electronic stuff. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, well, that's a great question. I hope I'm going to answer it um, pretty succinctly and accurately here. So. Scheduling your life is important. Um, when I first started getting into the Philly scene, um, you know, I would schedule, I'd probably have like one day where I'd go to maybe an event or whatever, and I'd meet some DJs, um, you know, that I, I spoke to on social media or whatever, get their contact, but it was, I left it to like one day. And then, you know, the rest of the week, I'd, I'd be booking myself, maybe making some TikTok videos or whatever. Um, but then, you know, if you're, if you're trying to do music, It's a lot of hard work, okay? So just know that um, doing what you love is a privilege and it takes work to do that. So there were like some long nights where I would, just literally networking, I would go to clubs in Philly and just meet up with the DJs and just say hi. Because, you know, I want them to know I'm a person. And it's not really like I want anything from them, but they're super talented, great people. And you know maybe like in the future when I got to show at the fire or something like I want a DJ to play. So now I've got a friend I like can be like, hey, do you want to play? And since they know me and they know that I'm not just like a, a random dude or whatever, like uh, they're more likely to you know want to be a part of it. And it, it's just really cool. So yeah, scheduling um, and just know that you know you got to work for sure. So yeah, not a lot of sleep. Already <laughs>
4: there.
1: Anybody else? Go so ahead. I have a mic over here by the oh. sound. Yeah, you're good. I can probably hear you from there. But yeah, he does have a mic over by the soundboard as well. Go ahead.
3: Um, I guess this is a question more geared towards Matt. But um, like, what's your advice for like bringing the best out of an artist without like being overly critical or like being breaking them down?
4: Just create a ton of space for them to be themselves. Like, think of it like uh, don't. Imagine, like, you have infinite space, you know what I mean? And, like, create a space where they feel like they could try anything they want and uh, just make them feel super comfortable. Um, you, like, you know, we're all talking about reading the room and, like, feeling people out and stuff like that. You know, you'll, you'll know when it's time to insert some kind of criticism or something like that. I was working with this uh, producer in Los Angeles, like, 14 years ago, and I was, like, a little green, and I was like, this guy's not doing anything. He's just like hanging out, hitting record. Like, what is this guy's deal? Like, why, why am I only like, putting like mics on the guitar amps? I'm like, what, what is this? And then he like gave this one little critique at the perfect time that changed the whole tone of the session and kept it moving and got a better take out of the band. I was like, oh, that's exactly why he's sitting there and I'm not right now. <laughs> so just create space for people and be like really, really uh, strategic with like timing comments to people. And just feel people out.
2: Mm -hmm. I also just want to add to Matt, um, our friend Todd that we've recorded with, in addition to Matt, is really good at giving space and a lot of times, like, we'll do it um, with him when we record something, we'll do like a demo version with him. Um, like so, whoever you I, I know not all studios are, can are, would offer this because they're oftentimes very expensive. But um, if you can go to like a friend or someone that does recording, so you can just even do like a rough demo of that, so that you can hear what you want to work on. But I feel like the thing that I really love about Todd is that when we record with him, he'll go, "How do you feel about that?" He's very therapist about it. He's become, <laughs> now becoming a therapist. Yeah, people literally he, call literally him literally too. <laughs> yeah, and he'll be like, "How do you feel about it?" And then it like I'm like, "Was it bad?" Was it? But he's really just trying to like get you to feel your session out and how you did um and it's really tricky because I'm like can you just tell me if that was bad or good like I don't know and then sometimes it'd be like your first take was the best one and like so it's all about too like the artist asking the honesty because sometimes people don't want that right like sometimes the artist does not want the engineer to weigh in it depends who you're working with usually you go to an engineer because you like Their quality and like the way that those recordings sound, but I think just like having maybe establishing that dynamic too and like what the communication style is going to be. But yeah, space for sure is like the biggest thing.
4: You're a gentle mirror.
2: Yeah. A gentle mirror.
4: mirror.
1: I got some good notes here. Um, Any additional questions? Yes,
0: sir. For Carly. Uh, i have a question for you but first i just want to say your cover of dracula's lament is the most oh thank you piece of art on the
2: internet. you know i was just thinking that i have to repost it because i saw there's um uh, a finding is anyone on tiktok as much as i am there's a finding nemo meme right now and it's like uh like a puppet of nemo and everyone's like me when i need to get my oil changed and it's like where's my dad i'm all alone and so someone like did a human version of it where like someone's the Nemo puppet going like. And I was like oh my god that's literally what me and tom did what draculism meant like i think this is the time to repost it Definitely. i think people will get it yes but so thank you my question to you uh your music
0: video for casino night was yes. so fabulously done
2: thank
0: you i just want to know if you could talk about uh, what it was like to work with adam and autica maybe some things that you agreed on or disagreed on in order to achieve that overall creative mm-hmm. narrative
2: Yeah, so music videos are always really hard for us because we're music visionaries, but not like artistic visionaries. So as a band, like I'm never really particular with Understanding like what a video should look like me and Tom's videos are honestly when we brainstorm them are so stupid Like one time we were like we should do a video where we're on stage being like adamantly like vegan You know and then like at the end of the video we like, go to the green room. We're like eating burgers it's, like a whole thing It's like political like everyone our whole take was like bands are trying to be like one thing on stage But they're like total like dicks like um, you know in the real world Which is like a thing that you really run into in the world so like our music video ideas were terrible but when you you have people who know how to do music videos and they do them well it takes that pressure off of the bad ideas that you have for your music videos and so I was really grateful that they reached out to us because I remember at that point in time we were like really taking um, our last record, Heavy Banding, we were like really going for it um, and you know we had a publicist and we had like every single thing like you know we had a whole checklist of things that we had to do and that included a music video and I remember they reached out to us like right when we needed them to and I remember seeing like the deck of what they wanted the video to be and you know I told them Casino Night is about friendship, it's about kind of like losing your friend, it's about the trauma of like having a best friend in your life and you grow apart or something happens and kind of like tears at that relationship. And how it's just as meaningful as like losing a lover. And so they like really captured that narrative in like their own way, which I never would have thought to do. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like as musicians, you trust people who trust you. And when there's that understanding, you just like go full throttle in with it. Because like I said, B and Tom's ideas for music videos, are they're straight up bad. Like, they're not good. We don't know what to do. And so like, that's for someone else to help us with. So like, we outsource that. And then you find the right people that, you know, especially you see they're real. So you see like, these are videos that they've done. They're really good. So ours will like match that energy, you know? And then there's other times where like, you know, we've done other videos. I I think all the videos that we've come up with have actually really all been great, but it's nice when it's like a seasoned team that knows how to do a video and everything's like done in a certain amount of time and, you know, you don't have to think about it, so. Yeah, it was great. It was a great experience and I loved it. Awesome, thanks.
0: Do, Do we have any
1: additional questions out there? Yes, sir, back.
0: So, Seth. Uh, you said you play in Philly a lot as
1: well, but I see that you play in Valley as well. Um, I do, yeah. How do you, you know, like, you're. Are you, do you live in Philly? Or do you live in here? Like, how do you get. Like, so if you're playing shows in Philly, like, is this like a lot of social media presence to promote? Or. You played shows
3: in Philly before, and. Yeah, because you know, we're from Valley. Right. Dude. I love your question. Um, I'm about to save you a lot of time, okay? So, first off, you asked how do I get to Philly and, and my first answer in my head was like, I have a car, you know, I just drive. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, 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 so I live closer to Westchester, um, but I, I was born and raised in Allentown and I started my music thing here. Um, so probably like four years or so. Uh, and then I just moved to the Philly uh, area um, like a year ago. The way I started getting people to come to my Philly shows was I started going to open mics, open mics in Philly, um, going to those you know clubs with the DJs, saying hello, uh, following people on social media. When I you know so okay we're talking about networking and working a room. You know like you walk around, you see musicians. Hey, that's a cool amp you have. Oh, hey, dude, what's up? I love your hair. I don't even know. Like, just say hello. Uh, be a person, and then like you know, you, you get to you get to you know learn you know learn about different people, and then they learn about you. Um, also, what's cool about what I'm doing is that like the shows I put on at the Fire, they have my name on them. So I'm not only like playing in some of those shows, but uh, like my name is there. So people they they see me, and you know, it, so it's it's really cool working that way but if I was in a band that was primarily in the Valley and I wanted to play shows in Philly and bring people out, I would, one, just go to as many open mics as possible. Like, you know, you're not making money. You're paying money to go. Yeah, but, I mean, you get to go in front of new people. Um, And then also, something that's going to save you time, dude, when it comes to reaching out to people and getting people to come to your shows, posting on social media is the last thing I would ever do. I wouldn't even, like... Bro, okay, so I, I played a show at Godfrey Daniels, okay? Like, a couple months ago, sold it out in a week. I sent I set a record for the venue, uh, and they've been around for like 70 some years. It's an honor, I'm humbled. But the way I did it, dude, is I reached out to everybody individually. Like, and I, I was very strategic about it. So, like, all my friends, I had a spreadsheet, put their names on the spreadsheet, you know, on my Instagram, I use social media just to set up a poll, Said, hey, I'm playing in the valley, would you ever want to come out? You know, got those names, put it down, I posted once on social media, every single person who liked the post or commented, I reached out to them, like individually reaching out. I have like, you know, I've got this information by playing shows and nobody comes out, you know, so you try different things. Email lists don't work great. Posting on social media doesn't work great. But what does work is that relationship you have between people. That's the most important thing. Yeah.
4: you winning, bro. You're winning now. (laughs) I could could add on to that too, that like, find find a random show with some bands that you vibe with. Some bands that kind of seem like you and whatever. I did that like a month ago, and I met this dude in upstate New York, watched his band play at this weird venue, and like, He's so similar to me and he's a nice guy and he's an engineer too and a producer and now he's like talking about coming down here for a weekend just as a getaway to record. And it's just gonna be a fun weekend and there's a dude who's kinda like me who I get to hang out with and work with now. You know what I mean? So just pick somewhere random to go where bands are kinda like your vibe. Yeah. You'll probably meet somebody who like, you'll wanna bring up here and they'll wanna bring you down there and then like have an actual relationship.
2: I was also going to say, find someone who's booking a show and not just filling a slot. A lot of these venues are like, hey, you seem cool. You know, like there, there's something, hey, Slingshot Dakota, you want to play whatever. I'm like, you literally just auto the email and then I'll be like, who's playing? And then it's just like nothing. And I'm like, oh, this is like a club that's just filling a five o'clock slot or whatever. And like, I'm not saying you're not going to learn and grow from doing something like that, but that's not a genuine show. Yeah. Right? Like there's some, I think Arlene's Grocery in New York City, like we get so many emails from them and it's like, like oh you just played do you want to buy a $500 recording of your show and I'm like no (laughs) and it's like it's very much fill a slot you know like and so I think it's really important like when you're looking to branch out of the Lehigh Valley with what everybody's saying is really accurate and very dead on, but also like creating that community, making friends in those things, and also not just playing shows. Someone could ask you to play LA, you are gonna spend all your money on that, like just for fun, right, for yourself. you never played LA before, and no one knows who you are here. No one's gonna know who you are in LA. So building up that community, building up that um, you know that identity and like if that's gonna attract the right people to you, and then you're also gonna be playing like an actual show somewhere instead of just like oh they just they're just filling time with artists. You know a lot of pr- um, promoters are just trying to like book talent for the bar night. You know, so yeah, it's important to know the difference between the person that's just trying to like fill a room with like music versus like the people that are trying to like book a show.
1: We have question. We have time for one more, if there is right there.
0: This is and so the music
2: industry is primarily like male dominated, mm-hmm. and I I found that I have had you know comments made in the past, like when I played shows, being like, oh, you're some sort of like girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, I'm mean, like a singer, mm-hmm. and so I guess my question is like, how has that affected you, obviously, and you can shake your hand, yes, but how have you navigated those kind of things? usually I look at them and I go it's 2023 girls are in bands now and then they're like "Uh." and then they're like can I help you carry something like no I can do it myself dingus (laughs) like guys are um um, (laughs) but yeah it's i i for some reason i mean it sucks and it's annoying but i feel like if anything it makes me like play even harder because i'm just like f off dude like are you kidding me now like i I mean this is like we were we were touring like in the early 2000s and the amount of times that i would show my id like loading and they'd be like oh no this is band only i'm like i am the band you know and just like things like that like tom has watched me like kill people with my eyes many a time. And then I like tear it up on stage. And then they're like, you really, the amount of people that have given me judgment and then try to be my best friend after I'm just like, yeah, dude, like it's time. So I, it's, it happens and it's BS and it's still happening in 2023. Um, in 2016, I really, 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 really rallied against like the, um, lack of diversity and like major tours that were like under the guise of punk and inclusivity and like different, like doing something different. And I'm like, these are all straight white male tours. There's no one on them. And then like the industry fought back by just putting like opening bands that they would pay like $50 to, of like people with diversity in it. And it's, I know it's a really hard conversation to have and I don't know what the an- the answer is to like have people exist and like crush it so that it's just diversity naturally emerges when you see yourself on stage so you know you can do it but i also know that it's not just like oh we're just going to like start tokenizing folks too and like putting them on tours but i rallied really hard and like our band got burned from that like li- literally i had people that were like our agency was like literally told not to book you on any shows because of you calling that out like i ruined a good good amount of years for our band because i was speaking out i didn't care Um, I was just really over it and then you know it becomes to a point where it's like kind of debilitating on your mental health and um, other people have taken you know the torch and and spoken out about things and it's not an easy thing and um, yeah I just say like to you and to other people like just do do what you want like when you love yourself and you're confident you just show up you're showing other people like you that this is for them too because art's for everybody and it's still a problem there's still a lack of inclusivity and stuff and people are trying sometimes i i question like their intention of it if it's just to like say you know so the internet can't call a tour out or something like that but it's still happening but it's like something that i think the the conversation has been um continued a lot more and a lot of people have been very vocal about it so yeah it sucks but I'm here. You're here. We can do it.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to stop. We, I think we could keep going on, but we're in the interest of time. I just want to say thank you to everybody here. This is amazing, and thank you so much to our panel for coming on. Um, we attempted to record this, so if you want to hear it back, you know we'll have a to put up on the Love to thank everybody again. I want to bring Ryan back up. And I think these guys, you're going to see him walking around. So if you, if you didn't get a chance to ask him a question, they, they'll probably be happy to do so. Ryan, you want to come back up?
2: Thanks for moderating. Oh. I feel like we didn't applaud you.
0: So now we're going to ask the industry experts to find their way to their tables uh, stationed throughout the Ice House. Um, and then we'll open up the networking portion of this event. Um, so there's gonna be some tables up in this back room, some tables down here. Uh, those industry experts will find their way there and then you can kind of ask them anything you want um, about your music career, about the local music community. Uh, and we'll keep things going. So thank you all for coming. Thank the panel once again. And let's have some fun. Thanks for doing
2: Try.